Our third scripture lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Author of life, we thank you for your word, and we ask that you be with us this morning as we reflect upon it, so that we might be transformed in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. There are certain rhythms in the church that help me remain grounded in my faith. These are the rituals that cut through the clutter and the busyness of modern life so that I am reminded to be present in my relationship with God. I've always found the season of Lent to be a powerful time of recentering, but this year it has been harder than normal. Time seems even more illusory as one day blurs into the next and one week stretches into the other. So it's a little hard for me to grasp that we have come already to Holy Week. Today on Palm Sunday, we remember the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. During Holy Week, we remember the Last Supper that Jesus has with his disciples a meal that gave us the sacrament of communion, a meal that gave us a mandate to love one another as Christ has loved us. It is from that mandate that we get the name from for this day, Maundy Thursday. On Good Friday, we remember the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross by walking through the steps of his suffering from arrest to burial. And on Holy Saturday, we wait in the darkness for the light of resurrection on Easter. This year, it's been easy for me to understand the emotions at the end of this week. The fear and trembling. But it's been a struggle to prepare myself for today. A day of shouting praise and celebration. It just feels so out of step 
with what is happening right now. So I'm grateful that one of the things I've been able to do during this time is read, because as I was reading this week, I was reminded what all that praise and celebration is about. One of the books I started reading a few weeks ago is called Postcards from Babylon by Brian Zond. This week I picked it back up and the chapter I was on just happened to be called There's Always Some Dude on a Horse. And it just happened to be about Palm Sunday and the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. The title of this chapter is inspired by an observation that Brian made while on a trip to Portugal. He and his wife were walking through a city square past a monument to some general sitting on his warhorse with his reins in one hand and a sword in the other. And he joked to his wife, There's always some dude on a horse. Because around the world are statues of generals on horses held up as objects of admiration. He writes, I've seen horse-riding dudes in capitals from Lisbon to London, from Rome to Paris, from St. Petersburg to Washington, D.C. He continues on to say, the statues are meant to memorialize military might and imperial conquest. That's why the riders always hold reins in one hand and a sword in the other. This also helps explain why horses are generally held in low regard in scripture. It's not that God has anything against the beautiful animal that is the horse, but because of its association with war. In the Bible, horses are almost always war horses. In our scripture today, the unnamed man on a horse is Pontius Pilate. Pilate was the governor of Judea at the time that Christ was alive and had entered Jerusalem with his own triumphal parade, astride his war horse. His parade was about the kinds of things that military parades are usually about, asserting power, creating order through fear, declaring a false peace through strength of arms. To truly understand the kind of person that Pilate was, we can look to the writings of the historian Josephus. In volume 18 of his Jewish Antiquities, Josephus describes several ways that Pilate created unrest in Judea. First, is a story about how Pilate brought effigies of Caesar into the city of Jerusalem in violation of the long-standing laws against any idols in the sacred city. When the people of Jerusalem rose up in protest, Pilate surrounded them with his troops and threatened to kill them if they would not disperse. Josephus reports that the crowds threw themselves on the ground and said that they would rather be killed than tolerate idols in their city. In this case, Pilate relented. In the second instance, Pilate took money from the temple in order to build an aqueduct. Again, the people of Jerusalem rose up in protest. This time, Pilate would show them no mercy. 
Josephus describes what happens by writing, So he outfitted a great number of his soldiers in the clothing of the crowd, who carried daggers under their garments and sent them to a place where they might surround them. So he directed the Jews himself to go away, but when they boldly cast reproaches upon him, he gave the soldiers that signal which had been beforehand agreed on who laid upon them much greater blows than Pilate had commanded them, and equally punished those that were disorderly and those that were not, nor did they spare them in the least. And since the people were unarmed, and were caught by men prepared for what they were about, there were a great number of them killed by this means, and others of them ran away wounded." This is the way that Pilate views the world. If someone does not agree with you, then you must eliminate them. We will see on Good Friday that this is how he responds to Christ as well. When Jesus says that he testifies to the truth, Pilate asks, What is truth? And we see that the answer to this question for Pilate is that truth is merely who has more daggers in a crowd, more chariots in their stable, more nuclear weapons in their arsenal. But here is where the good news of Palm Sunday rings through. We know that we serve a Lord who has a different definition of truth. We serve the God who is truth and life. We know that truth is found in love and compassion, in healing and tenderness, in liberation and justice. This is why the people shout Hosanna when Jesus rides in on the back of a donkey. His humble donkey stands in stark contrast to the war horses of Pilate and Caesar, just as his divine truth stands in contrast to the post-truth view of the world. So when the crowds shout out, Hosanna, they are shouting out a word in Hebrew that has to do with being rescued. It is a form of greeting directed toward the one who saves. The people of Jerusalem know, and the author of Matthew informs us, that when Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey, he is fulfilling the prophetic vision of Zechariah, who proclaimed, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem! Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey." He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the war horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. And so we see that the people are crying out to the Messiah who will bring an end to warfare, who will usher in an age of peace, of true peace. We know that this peace will be ushered in not by the blood of warfare, but by the blood of Christ given freely upon the cross. 
So again, I say, this is the good news that we celebrate. We are living in the kingdom of Christ. We proclaim our loyalty alone to the Prince of Peace. Our vision is no longer that of the world, but that of the Spirit. Sadly, however, there are many who do not have this vision. We now find ourselves in the dreadful position that our stockpiles of death are abundant. We have bombs and bullets aplenty. But our stockpiles of life-saving equipment are nearly non-existent. States are competing against one another so that medical professionals can have personal protection equipment and so that patients can have ventilators. It's not just overzealous militarism that has brought us to this point. Healthcare has been seen as a money-making venture, so our system has deemed it better to have too little in order to save a few dollars than to have extra equipment in order to save a few lives. For far too long, our national priorities have been in service to death. We have been slaves to sin, and now the most vulnerable among us are being sacrificed to the gods of Mars and Mammon, war and wealth. We have not celebrated the peaceful healer riding on a donkey. We have cheered for our modern-day pilots and Caesars astride their vehicles of death. So on this Palm Sunday, as we shout Hosanna to our Lord, let it be what it was meant to be. Let us cry out to our God, rescue us, save us from sin and death, save us from the wickedness of the world. We follow the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Like the prophets before him, he was put to death for casting a new vision of the world. As the Messiah, his death revealed once and for all the injustice and the folly of following any word other than the word of God. So let us be like our Christ. Let us make trouble. Let us speak out on behalf of life. Let us proclaim the wonders of love, and let us testify to the truth of God's kingdom. Amen. Please pray with me. God of the palms and the cross, you have shown us another way to live. Hear us as we cry out to you for salvation. Teach us to walk in the ways of life. Free us from our desire to sacrifice one another so that we might all walk together in your loving kingdom. Amen.